everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk Public Service. I'm Lawton Tufts, and I'm here with Annie Kim. Today, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, cover letters. Woohoo! Yes. Um, cover letters can be kind of a daunting task because they require you to brag about yourself and to talk about yourself, and for normal humans, that's a bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but today, we're going to try to provide you with at least a brief outline of how we would suggest approaching your cover letter, and then we're going to wrap up with a couple suggestions of what not to do with a cover letter. Mm. So maybe to start off, Annie... What's the point of a cover letter? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Actually, I think there are three parts of this. So number one, why should somebody hire you? Number two, can you write? Can you write good? The number three, you know, why do you want to work there? Why do you think it's a good fit for you? So that's kind of in a nutshell what you're doing with a cover letter. But as you'll see, it's kind of a formula, and we'll walk you through that formula. Exactly. So shall we just... Jump right in? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. So speaking of formulas, cover letters are going to be one page. Yes. You're not going to go over one page. And as a 1L, cover letters are going to be four paragraphs. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what each of those paragraphs look like today. So to start off, let's talk about the salutation. Annie, what does that look like? The salutation. That's just the dear line. And so... It can be hard sometimes to know who to address it to, especially when you're writing to somebody in government. You know, you never find their names. But mm -hmm. do try to find their names because if you can, that's always stronger. But if you can't, that's okay. You can just start off with dear internship coordinator or dear hiring official or something like that. The main thing is just don't say to whom it may concern. Right, it feels right. so impersonal. It feels really abstract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then the intro paragraph. And in some ways, this is kind of easy. Um, and you start off with something fairly generic where you say, I am a first-year law student at the University of Virginia School of Law, and I'm interested in applying to X internship or to you guys, basically. And so that's the first couple sentences. And then the part where you're trying to get a little bit of your voice and why you're interested across, it takes a little bit more nuance. And uh, that's where you want to explain why you want to work there. So that's just about one or two sentences. It's not too long. And it can be hard sometimes to figure out what to say. But maybe you have a little bit of background because you were an econ major and now you want to work at the Federal Trade Commission, for instance. And, I mean, the key is that sometimes it's going to be natural for you. You're going to know exactly why you want to work an employer because maybe mm -hmm. it's your top choice. And you're just going to write those two sentences genuinely from your heart. Why do you <laughs> want to be there? Other times, the key is going to be just to try to rise above generic. Mm -hmm. And so that might mean that... You don't know a lot about the organization, but you find something online, whether it's their mission statement, and you try to mirror their mission statement in those two sentences, or maybe you see something they've done recently, and you can reference, you know, I saw that you all worked on X issue or X case, and I would be really excited to be able to join you in that mission or whatever this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you don't always have to have a connection exactly to the employer, but sometimes you've talked to somebody who used to work there. You know, maybe they worked there last summer, or you've heard about them for a long time, or you, you know, grew up in that city. So it's good to throw in a sentence, if you have it, about why you're connected to the employer or the place you want to work. Exactly. And it's especially important, if you're going to D.C. from UVA, you don't really need right. to prove to them you're interested. <laughs> right. But if you're going out, uh, I've had people go out to Bozeman, Montana, and you've never been there, or, you, you know, if there's some sort of connection or you know something yeah. about that area... That's where you'd really want to prove to them that you have at least some sort of connection or interest in their geographic location. Right. 
And that takes us up to the middle two paragraphs, which are the more substantive, sort of the meat of the cover letter. Yeah, yeah. So the meat of the cover letter is still not that long. So that's one thing. It's going to be two paragraphs, basically. So how do you handle the two paragraphs? And, you know, one thing that it's common for us to want to do when we have that blank page is just to fill it with, here's what I did. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, before law school, here's what I did. And here's what I'm doing now. And that can be okay, but for legal cover letters, it's not as helpful as trying to spoon feed people why you stand out, you know, why you are interested in what they're doing. So I think the, the easiest way to do that and the way that seems to work really well is to think about two skills that you have. So the skills could be, you know, working with clients or with people or research and writing or uh, being able to work well under pressure, whatever kind of works for you and talks about what you're good at and matches up in some way with your employer. That means then you just have one paragraph per skill. And we've got actually a sheet in our 1L handbook called Skills to Highlight in Your Public Service Job Search. And those are some good ideas to get you started to think about what would work. And when you're thinking about what skills to try to highlight, you really want to look at your application holistically. Mm -hmm. So maybe your resume reflects a lot of research and writing experience and maybe working in a lab or working as an RA, but not as much people-facing or client-facing experience. So maybe one of the skills you choose as a result is a people skill um, paragraph or an experience working with clients paragraph. And this is different also, isn't it, from doing something that's more chronological in order. I think it, we're all sort of naturally drawn to saying, I did this job, here's what I did in that job. I had this extracurricular, here's what I did there, and now I'm doing this. And that's easy for the writer, but it's not as good for the employer who's just reading super fast, you know? Exactly. So I think that having more of a thematic focus through two skills tends to work. And it's also possible that instead of having two skills, maybe you have one skill and you have one paragraph that's more subject area focused. Yeah. So that could be if you're wanting to apply to a prosecutor's office, maybe in undergrad you wrote a paper about a criminal law topic or just a criminal topic, or maybe you had an internship in a court and you have some sort of experience with crim the criminal world. Um, and so you might, not that you went to jail, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you would have that subject area paragraph there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so even if you don't have that, that's okay. But a lot of times, you know, if you have something, you can cobble together a couple of experiences, including academic things that you did to make the case. You know, and so we like this focus, but, you know, that doesn't always fit everybody. Maybe you actually worked for several years before law school mm -hmm. and you did things that are really relevant and you want to tell your story about, you know, how you came to law school. Or maybe it's a cause-based organization. You know, it's a civil rights nonprofit and you're really into racial justice issues and you want to talk about your motivation for why. So for those types of organizations, applications, it might make a lot of sense to have a paragraph where you talk about that in your own profile. And we would call that sort of like a motivational paragraph. Yeah. So you could still match a motivation paragraph with another skills or another subject area focus paragraph. But it's all going to be, it's a, it's a balance between tailoring your cover letter towards the employer and tailoring it towards yourself. Yeah. So we yeah. have these suggestions, and we think each paragraph is going to fit in one of these sort of three pockets. But a lot of it is coming to talk to us and figure out what's going to work best for you. Yeah, we can be sounding boards for you and help you figure out which of these make the most sense. And you might ultimately end up with three or four that you have by the time you're a 2L. Exactly. You can just mix and match them. And part of the nature of the cover letter is that employers are looking at these really quickly. 
And so the organization has to make sense. Mm-hmm. And part of the organization is starting each of those middle paragraphs with a topic sentence. Right. So it's kind of just like 10th grade English in that point. You know, what's your topic sentence? Stick with it. Because it's really tempting to want to put everything in that you've done your, in your whole college experience in, in one paragraph. But if you do that, then lawyers are going to be like, can you write a brief where you have to stick to one idea? And so that's what we recommend. Just stick to one idea per, per paragraph. So those are the two middle paragraphs. Then if we moved on to the closing paragraph, it's really quite simple. It's essentially you make a positive statement reaffirming your interest in the organization. You thank them in a sentence. And if you have room, you might include what you've attached, like I've attached my resume and transcript Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then you close out with sincerely not like yours truly or eternally yours, um, and then your name. And you don't need to sign it unless you're actually mailing in a hard copy. So those are kind of the things we would suggest doing for your cover letter. And now maybe we could close it out with talking about sort of the five don'ts Uh of the cover letter. So Annie, what's one thing that you suggest not doing on a cover letter? Okay, number one, this is kind of a little finicky point, but... Don't write like an English major writing your senior thesis. By which I mean, no long, flowery, incredibly dense, sophisticated sentences. This is the land of short, declarative sentences. They're easier to read, and they actually make you sound more confident. So, short sentences. And I would say number two, along with the short sentences, is don't start all of them with I. (laughs) Because that can be very easy to do. I did this. I am that. I also did this. Mm-hmm. So you really need to vary your word choice. And then kind of along the same lines, number three for me would be don't just repeat your resume. So it's not just a string of things that you did in a particular job or things that you wrote. That gets a little boring. So try to flesh out a couple of those examples so that people can get a sense of what you actually did. Number four for me is don't copy and paste your cover letter. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel for every single employer, but you really, as we suggested before, need to tailor each cover letter so that the employer knows you're writing to them and not just generically. Mm -hmm. And the don't copy and paste is important too because you'd be surprised when I was hiring for the public defender's office how many cover letters where it would say like, I've always wanted to work in a prosecutor's office. <laughs> right. Like they got, they changed the name from, to our office's name, but they right, forgot right. every single sentence where they mentioned another type of job. Right, right. And that's a killer right there. You want them to feel special. Exactly. <laughs> right. We all want to feel special. Number five, uh, similar to my first point, you, know, you want to strike the right balance in a cover letter. It is a business cover letter, though. So staying away from really informal language like stuff or contractions. So instead of saying, I'm really interested, you would always say, I am interested. So those are the things you should do. And the things you shouldn't. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last thing that you should do is come talk to us about your cover letter. This isn't something that you need to be doing on your own. Yeah, it's actually really, really boring and solitary to do it on your own. And we actually like sitting and talking with you to figure out like what makes you happy to write about and what's going to click with, with employers. So reach out to us and we'll see you all soon.